Pause I Am Radio with your host, Robert Brining, sharing stories from across the United States and around the world. To join the conversation, call 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. Each week, we'll bring you our exclusive HIV scoop with Josh Robbins and your positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney. Your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. Today, this episode is brought to you by Positively Fearless, a campaign from the Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson that aims to empower those living with HIV to take charge of their health and live their best lives. I, again, am your host, Robert Brining, a proud Positively Fearless ambassador, and I am joined today by my fellow Positively Fearless ambassadors, Salab Serrano, Guy Anthony, Kamari Alafri, and Daniel Garza. For this podcast, it is important to note that neither I nor my fellow ambassadors can provide medical advice. If you need medical advice or have questions about your treatment or condition, we urge you to speak with your doctor. Janssen has paid for our time to advise and collaborate on this podcast, and all thoughts expressed here are our own. We will not and cannot speak about specific products or brands. For more information on Positively Fearless, you can hear more about our stories. You can visit PositivelyFearless.com. I am so excited for today's show, everybody, so please help me um, quickly uh, welcome everybody to the show. So, hey, Daniel Garza, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. How are you doing? Hey, you want to, I'm doing great. You want to give a, a quick little bit about yourself so people uh, can get a little sure. quick background? So, I'm Daniel Garza from, uh, I am in Laguna Beach, California. I've been an advocate for about 16, 17 years with uh, my focus on education and prevention in high school, colleges, and universities. Uh, I don't know what nice. to say. Well, uh, no, that's yeah, awesome. That's, no, that's fine, Daniel. That's so well, let's go ahead. So welcome to the show. We're going to um, move on. Kamaria, can you please uh, tell everybody a bit about yourself? Kamaria Lawfrey, one of my tribe mates. Hey, how are you doing, Robert? Glad to be on. Um, yeah, so I'm in Central Florida uh, since birth, really, you know, since the moment we start crying, we start advocating, right? But um been an HIV advocacy on uh, legislative reform and addressing barriers for women living with HIV. And I was diagnosed in 2003. Wow. Well, there you have it. Welcome to the show, Kamaria. Yeah. All right, and Ja Love Serrano. Hello, Ja. Hi, Robert. Hi, Tribe. How are you all feeling? We're doing great. So um, welcome to the show. Tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yes, well, first of all, thank you for having us, Robert. And um, my name is Ja Love Serrano. I am born and raised, I mean, I am. <laughs> I come from New York City, born and raised in New York City, currently reside in Staten Island. And I've been an advocate for, I can say, a bit over 10 years. My main focus is around adolescents and young adults and entertainers who are HIV positive. I feel like there's not enough um, being done to save youth lives and save entertainer lives. I've been positive since 2001. So 18 years with the virus, and I'm still here, and I'm not going nowhere. 
Well, that's amazing. Thanks, Joe, for joining us today. And let's go on to our last guest, uh, Guy Anthony. Guy, welcome. Hi, guys. I miss you guys. So, hello, everyone. I am Guy Anthony. I have um, been living with HIV for 13 years, but I've known for 11. Um, I am a consultant, and I consult with, you know, a couple of pharmaceutical companies, but for the most part, I'm an activist, I'm an artist, and an activist. And thank you for having us on. Well, I'm so excited to have all of you on. Um, I love everyone who's this campaign has meant so much to me. But um, before we move in, I do want to quickly uh, go a little bit out of order, and I want to play the manifesto. I want to set this, the mood for the for, for this interview and, and for these com- these fearless conversations that we're about to have. So. Um, Just take a listen to this. This is what this uh, campaign is about. Life isn't meant to be perfect. It's meant to be lived. Freely. Boldly. Fearlessly. It's meant to honor all that we are. Vibrant. Beautiful. Resilient. And HIV positive. Yes, the road can be tough. But it's worth it. We are worth it. And our stories matter. Together, we are redefining what it means to live with HIV. We are accepting ourselves, loving ourselves, and caring for ourselves. Fully and openly. Because making thoughtful choices enables us to live the lives we want to lead. Together, We are facing every challenge and celebrating every success. We are looking toward the future with purpose and promise. And we're showing others what is possible when we, when we, when we are positively fearless. And isn't that the truth? Positively fearless. I, uh, I love hearing that. It just sets the mood. So let's do this, everybody. So first, um, you know, we, we started doing, I uh, wanted to do this podcast and bring everybody together, kind of to reflect on World AIDS Day, um, which is December 1st. We, um, that has passed um, a few days, half a month ago. Um, but I still kind of want to reflect on it because it's a special day for us as advocates to kind of sit back and take a minute and reflect on those that have um, paved the way before us and who have really allowed us to stand on their shoulders and to live positively fearless today. So I want to start the first question off. I'm going to go ahead to Ja. Ja, what I'd like to know is what does World AIDS Day mean to you? And did you recognize or honor it in any special way this year? Hi, Robert. Um, So, yes, this World AIDS Day was uh, one for the record books, but um, World AIDS Day, what it means to me, it is a day of recognition of myself, of my journey, of my talk, of my walk, living with HIV, and to connect with so many other people with their journey, their walk throughout the world. Um, every year I go up to Albany and I speak to young adults who come from neighboring schools to um, a field trip where they get education and knowledge around HIV and AIDS, and they're also visiting, visiting the AIDS Memorial Pro Panel. And I, alongside mm-hmm. other positive people, we tell our personal story and, you know, let the youth know, like, what it is. Like, you know, we're positive, we're HIV positive, and we're still here and we're living and thriving. And then I also have the opportunity to perform my um, requested number in front of a room of HIV activists and um, everybody that pretty much works in the field around HIV and AIDS in New York State. 
and then to, and then also the AIDS lawyer um, panel. So it was just one of those moments where it was just like, as an entertainer, to be uh, amongst my peers and perform for my peers firsthand was one that really um, sticked to me. So that's why this one was for the record book. It was really great for me. That's awesome. I saw you perform live at uh, Healthy Voices. It was a uh, it was an amazing uh, sight to see. I think you're an inspiration. So thank you for that. And I want to ask Guy the same question. Uh, what does World AIDS Day mean to you? And did you do anything special this year to uh, recognize it? Yeah, man. So uh, you know, you guys know me. So I always have to sort of give this disclaimer. Within the last two to three <laughs> years, I've lost I've, I've lost about six close friends, clients to complications from HIV. So it is something. Um, that is that I'm obviously living with, but I'm also seeing in my community. And so, you know, World AIDS Day to me is a day that I honor their lives and the legacies of those people that we've lost um, due to this disease. But also, I celebrate my life. And I celebrate the lives of all of us that are still here, that are still fighting for us, that are still, you know, advocating on behalf of those without voices. And so this year, too, I, I'm, I must piggyback on Ja. I have the most amazing World AIDS Day ever. Um, you guys know me. I am a theater geek, dance, and ballet. That's my vibe. And so this year I got to spend World AIDS Day at the iconic Apollo Theater in Harlem. And this year they, um, they paid homage to all of the dancers and choreographers that we lost from Broadway to HIV. And I got to sing We Are the World behind Jennifer Holliday. Like, it was just mine blown. And so, you know, it, it, it was an opportunity for me to just take a step back and really celebrate my life because I don't often do that. Well, I think that's something that we all need to do a little bit more, celebrate our lives. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a, um, you had a busy World AIDS Day, it seems. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. You know, one of the main uh, points of the campaign is uh, to talk about living uh, positively fearless. And it's interesting. Today I was sitting down with my partner and uh, my mother-in-law, and we were, were talking about the campaign. And he, he asked me, he's like, you know, what does it mean to live positively fearless? He's like, what does that mean? And I, he's like, does it mean you're not you're living and not afraid of your virus, not afraid of being, you know, HIV? And I go, but no, for me, you know, it's about living, you know, living positively. That's kind of a self-explanatory. You live, you know, not as a Debbie Downer. You always see the good in things. And you know, for me, but to be fearless, you know, that can be seen on both sides. It could be, for me, like almost like a double-edged sword, because I, I fearless to me, I'm still scared. And people think that when you're fearless, you're not scared or you're not afraid. And in reality, you know, there's a lot of times when I'm sure all of us here, the Fearless Five, have all, you know, feel down on ourselves and, and stuff like that. And it's important that we remember, you know, that we all have each other to reach out to. And, and Positively Fearless, for me, is just living life like bold, living your life out loud, living kind of purpose-driven regardless of the criticisms that others may critique you with. Um, that, that's, for me, I think, the definition of living positively fearless. Um, I want to go ahead and move the question over to Kamaria. So, Kamaria, the question to you is, what does living positively fearless mean to you? And what helps you get that to that, that, I guess, that spot in your life where you're like, yes, I am positively fearless? Yeah, I mean... Robert, you almost took the words right out of my mouth. Like, 
full full transparency. Sometimes, like when I think about positively fearless and and living in that, it's it's a difficult question to answer because maybe that day, today, tomorrow, yesterday, I'm you know facing a fear. So like you know, answers may vary depending on you know what I'm looking at. So thinking in that scope today, it means for me going beyond what I see in front of me. So it's like you know taking the steps. I need to be healthy and to be whole when I'm not feeling at my full 100%, like when I'm doing some legislative work or when I'm doing some really challenging heart work, like what steps am I taking to trust the process and accept that, you know, it's it's not an automatic, you know, um, expectancy to, to get results right when I want them. So the one thing that helps me realize that is one being surrounded by amazing folks like the ambassadors of this campaign and other people that have come before me, you know, hence World Aids Day, like taking time to think about what folks before me took a step to go beyond. And also trying to like maintain an authenticity um in my fear. So, you know, achieving goals that still expressing like, okay, I don't know how I quite feel about this, but um, I have this goal, for example, of maintaining an undetectable viral load. And I know sometimes that's going to be evaluating labs or evaluating, um, you know, uh, my treatment or my the doctor's appointments and what conversations am I having, but always remaining like authentic to that, not walking into a space like I know everything, always being willing to receive information and just continue to take the steps, even if it doesn't quite feel like certain. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Uh, you're such a sweetheart, Kamari. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. I just think you're awesome. So go ahead, let's move that question over to Daniel. Daniel, um, you know, what does it mean for you to be living positively fearless and what kind of helped you get to the, the realization that you're you're living positively fearless now? Positively fearless. Well, there's a, that's a big title. Uh, first of all, thank you for allowing us into your space. It's, it's, really, it's really great to have the five of us together and be able to share our, our knowledge and experiences. So thank you for that. Um, That's funny. You said the five. You, I'm sorry. You said the five of us. I thought you said the finalists, like we were on some reality show or something. It was yeah. kind of funny. Um, we have voted you off, Robert. You are not going to say. <laughs> um, you um, are the weakest you know, link. <laughs> positively fearless. Uh, for me, without knowing it, positively. Uh, Without knowing it, Fearless started back when I was first diagnosed. Uh, being Latino, uh, Catholic, coming from a conservative family in Texas, uh, first generation. Uh, when I was diagnosed in 2000, and my family not knowing what HIV was, be, being fearful, I had to take a step forward and... Uh, volunteer, I took a step forward and made that first presentation like six, seven months into my diagnosis, not really knowing what I was getting into, and having to talk to my family and saying, it's a, it's a very small town where we were living at the moment at the time, and, and turning to them and saying, look, I'm about to take a step in front of the public and share my story. I'm about to go on TV in the small town and letting people know that I'm HIV positive. 
I, I, I didn't know that I was fearless. I just know that I needed to do it because somebody had to do it. And I think that's when the fearless started. It was the first moment that I shared. Uh, I, I never imagined that 18 years later I was still going to be sharing the stories. I think now fearless looks like, to me, it's adding all the other details that have come with it. Uh, cancer, relationships, drugs, alcohol, and, and being able to to tell the story in, in the most honest terms that I possibly can. But also being able to tell people that I'm some, I, sometimes I just, I'm just fearful. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like when we get sick, or when we have a breakup, or when we have to go out of town for five days, and we're, we fear the moment. But looking back to Daniel of 18 years ago and remembering his first time in front of, 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 of an audience, it's when I become fearless. I'm like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing for all those lost Daniels and, I guess, Daniela's out there who uh, don't have a voice who do, and still live in a small town and still have to fight the stigma and the shame uh, of religion or cultural backgrounds. You know, Dana, your work is so important. Don't you ever stop what you're doing. It's such important work, and I commend you for it. So let me move the question over to John. Child, what, was, um, what does living positively fearless mean to you? And what has helped you get to the point to where you are now living positively fearless? Um, Positively fearless to me uh, means that I'm living in my truth, right? Um, Like I just took my medication and that's me making the choice to live in my truth and to not, and to, and to live every day and to live life to its fullest. And what got me to this point was that I had a best friend who disclosed my story. Um, to a job. And when that happened, I made a choice to myself that I said I would never allow anybody to tell my story for me but me. And once I started living in my truth and telling my story and not allowing nobody else to um, tell my story, it's when things just had a full circle moment for me. It was just like I was so fearful of this disease. I was so fearful of what other people thought. And I was like, I can't be fearful of that because then people use that as ammunition against me. And I said, no, no one's ever going to do that for me. And since then, I've um, built my confidence up. I've um, walked in my truth every day. And that's why I'm positively fearless because I make the choice to um, live every day. Well, that you do, do. I do follow you on Instagram. You are living your best life. Let me tell you that, Jaha. Uh, so let's go ahead and move that question over to Guy Anthony. Guy, tell me, please, um, what does positively uh, fearless, living positively fearless mean to you, and um, what has helped you get to the point where you are living that way? Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I've been thinking about um, this question while everybody else was responding, and I had a, a choreographed response, but that wouldn't be authentic, right? And we are all about authentic connections. And so it just reminds me of Nayara Rahim when she said, when I am afraid to speak is when I speak. That is when it's most important. And so I learned over the, these last couple of years that whenever I'm afraid or fearful of anything, I know and, and I must trust that that thing will force me to grow. 
and I have to rely on my intuition because it's never failed me. And I, and I honestly think that my intuition and being strong in that and, and, and acknowledging that is what keeps me positively fearless. And I think I got to that point when I decided to live for myself. You know, when I sort of got my mother's ideas of my life out of my head, got the church's ideas of my life out of my head, got everybody else out of my head, and really listened and honed in on what guys felt and what they thought, that's what my life changed forever. And so, uh, you know, that's the most authentic way I can say it. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, so, uh, did you – I'm sorry. What did you um... – how did you define positively uh, positive fearless? I think I missed that. I'm sorry. Well, I was just saying that whenever I feel afraid or just really fearful of anything, I, I lean into myself and I trust my intuition and I listen to that little voice that we often ignore. And honestly, mm. that keeps me so fearless when I attack this world because I'm scared all the time. But if I listen to my heart, if I listen to my intuition, I must you know, let that guide me. And I can't be afraid of anything. And so once that happens, all my fears subside. Right. Okay. So that kind of leads us into um, what we can uh, move on to the next um, question. Actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break because I do have a uh, HIV scoop from uh, Josh Robbins. He gives us the exclusive one every week, and he was really excited to, to be back on the air this uh, week. So let's take a listen to that, and we'll be right back with uh, – the Positively Fearless uh, Ambassadors. This is the all-new HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusively for Paws I Am Radio. This week's buzzworthy sexual health news in under two minutes. Here's Josh Robbins with this week's HIV Scoop. What's up, everyone? It is almost time for the holidays. Oh, yeah, it is. Ho, ho, ho to everybody listening. Robert, Brady, all y'all ho, ho, hoes. I'm just kidding, but uh, happy holidays, and I can't wait, cannot wait for next year. But first, y'all can send me all your presents, okay? Uh, Gift cards and cash only, no checks. All right, on to the HIV scoop this week. It was kind of a busy week, to be honest. Uh, A federal judge has struck down provision of Obamacare that actually holds Obamacare together now that some changes have been made. And uh, that happened literally the day before the deadline for new insurance signups, the open enrollment to end. And it freaked everybody out. I mean, it almost freaked everybody out. It didn't didn't freak me out. And, uh, And President Obama... He actually came out and uh, was talking about it, and it didn't freak him out either. So everybody just hold your horses, slow down, you know, don't let yourself get too worked up on some, uh, you know, holiday juice. Just chill, okay? Just be cool. As Obama said, and I agree, uh, it's probably not going to change anything at all, Uh it's just got to work its way through the court system, but it's not going to affect insurance now, okay? So that's that. Secondly, did you? I don't even know how I missed this, but President Trump renewed the law that supports PEPFAR, which is the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief, and he did that through 2023. Now, they, it did pass the House and uh, the Senate with a unanimous vote of confidence to guess. 
and so, according to, to Vox, President Trump just literally just had to sign it. But it provides 14 million people with life-saving antiretroviral treatment really across 50 countries worldwide, many of which are in Africa, and was started by George W. Bush, someone that is not always credited with uh, doing really smart things. If we're being fair, okay, I like W, but, you know, sometimes people do give him a hard time for his intellect, or lack thereof, allegedly, supposedly, allegedly, supposedly, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that is something that he did that was very smart and and really just is credited with saving millions of people's lives uh, over a long period of time. So um, kudos to that. And and finally, I, 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 I say this laughingly, but I just have to go back to that publicly fearless campaign, okay? Because I can't call in because y'all got too many people on the damn phone right now. Everybody just waiting to talk. But it's literally so hot, that campaign. I'm dying. I'm literally dying, but I can't, I can't die because I ain't dead, because I'm living. I'm so alive, y'all, because this campaign rocks my socks off. Josh! Sorry, technical difficulties. Anyway, I'm Josh Robbins. This was your HIV There you have it. Thank you, Josh Robbins. And for more information on Josh and the HIV scoop, you can go to onschooljosh.com. So we are back here live, Pazine Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, joined by my three fabulous guests, Daniel Garza, Kamaria Laffrey, Jalab Serrano, and Guy Anthony. Uh, we're all ambassadors for Positively Fearless campaign um, from Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson. We're so excited to be here and have these fearless conversations. Um, if you haven't checked out our website, you should definitely check out uh, the campaign website at www.positivelyfearless.com. So definitely. And follow us on Instagram. You definitely want to do that, uh, Positively Fearless. Um, so one of the things I want to move on to um, next is I want to talk about how some days, uh, and kind of Guy touched on this, uh, some days, you know, we live Positively Fearless every day, or at least we try to, but some days we're not always feeling positive or we're not always feeling fearless and you know maybe uh, you have a bad day at work like I know I have a lot of those Uh, or I'm stressed out I'm overworked underpaid I'm sure a lot of us have that issue and you know I just don't feel so positive you know and my question to the group is um, when you're not feeling so positively fearless where do you find the strength to pick yourself back up and what advice would you give our listeners who may be feeling this way right now so for me um, what I do to pick myself back up and ground myself when I'm feeling down is I try to find a creative outlet. Um, I was always creative growing up, whether it was reading, drawing, painting, coloring. Um, I used to write a lot of poetry when I was younger. Uh, for me, I, I like to draw, so I'll draw cartoons um, and, and things like that to kind of just to kind of calm my nerves and kind of get my, my head space in a good space. Um, from being so, I guess, down. I visit my family. I know seeing my family is something that always puts me in a good mood, especially my niece. 11 years old, she just got braces, and, and like, just seeing her smile every day and seeing her grow up just is something that always kind of grounds me and reminds me that I should be grateful and that, you know, I, I can live positively fearless. And I think, you know, to, to touch a little bit on the meaning of positively fearless in my own uh, words, it's feeling comfortable in my own skin. 
uh, one of the quotes that I like to uh, share with people is my own is that I step out of my own skin so people can feel comfortable in their own. And I feel like that's something that all five of us here do. We step out of our own skin so other people can feel comfortable in their own skin. So it's, it's, it's fearlessness. It's, it's bravery. It's the fact that we're all bold. I just love every single one of these ambassadors, and it is our tribe. We are collected in the way that just everything about us together. Um, we all do different work in the HIV community, but all of our work is important. And I think together it's kind of like streamless. It's perfect. It's just we, we are a spread of everything, and I think that's what this campaign represents, is people who are going above and beyond their status to show others that it's okay to be HIV positive, and it's okay to be positively fearless. So, again, the next question I'm going to pose to the group is, uh, when you're not feeling positively fearless, what do you do to find the strength to pick yourself back up? And what advice would you give to the listening audience? I'm going to go backwards this time, and let's start with Guy. Oh, yes, yes, this is my jam, okay? <laughs> self-care, this is my, self-care has been my thing this year. But honestly, um, so like you, I write, right? And so I've written myself out of a lot of dark corners, a lot of dark spaces. And I am my most ideal self when I'm able to get what's out, to get out what's inside. Um, and I think the, the advice that I took to heart that I literally sort of say to myself every single day or any time that I'm in a dark space is to be gentle with myself. I'm doing the very best I can. And, and sometimes I put myself in the position of other people, the way that I'm so nice and so giving and so welcoming and so loving and respectful of someone else. Why am I not that way too and with myself? And so sometimes I just really have to put that into perspective, that the love that I so freely give away, I deserve for myself. And honestly, that has been the biggest, the best advice that, you know, I've ever received is to just be gentle with yourself. That's a good point. Why do you think it's so difficult for, I, I want to say, well, us as activists to kind of put back out that love to ourselves? Because we're so, self, we're so selfless, right? And so essentially... All, our, all of our lives, most, everyone on this phone, all of our lives have been advocating, working tirely, tirelessly for other people. And so we literally have maybe 5 or 6% left for ourselves. And what part of math or equations is that okay? That's not okay. So I just think that, you know, I, what we, all of us, what we talk about is sort of scaling back on how much we give to others and just saving a little bit for ourselves because I do believe we deserve that. And Kamaria talks a lot about that. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move over to Kamaria then, since we're calling her out on the line, Kamaria. <laughs> oh, no. Please share. Yeah. yeah, you said you were working backwards, and I'm sitting here ugly crying right now because, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh. so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Guy. Um, self-care is, like, the thing and what something I say is like take it I'm always taking something beyond to another level um there's this thing I like to call radical self-care because self-care for me you know and thinking about the trending conversations and seeing around the conversation of self-care it's not always a spa day it's not always you know going somewhere and getting a facial or getting your nails done for me Mm -hmm. it's uh because I'm constantly putting others before myself being selfless, being that nurturer, I'm finding strength in pulling back from that 
and reestablishing boundaries and allowing myself to sit in whatever I'm feeling because it's important for me to pay attention to what I'm feeling. Um, and doing that, even when it's painful and it's uncomfortable, um, it helps me pinpoint the cause of the fear I was feeling in the first place. And, re- and creating those boundaries helps me eliminate those external triggers like you know I'm a wife I'm a mom I'm the daughter of a disabled veteran and I'm an advocate and I have to sometimes remove myself from those environments and just sit in the ugly sometimes um it it directs me to address the fear address the the basics of what I need to do to um focus on being able to like be creative and do some writing and do some art and jam out to some music. Um, but the the main point in that is having to prioritize myself in spite of the default to nurture others. And the one thing that, I, that like a mantra I repeat to myself is I do not have to set myself on fire to keep others warm. Um, mm. I have to tell myself that because I will constantly, I will be at my absolute wit and making sure somebody, and it could be a random person, but there's always, I always tell myself, oh, there's room to help one more person, even though I haven't slept, I haven't eaten, the list goes on, mm-hmm. so, yeah. That seems like a, a common uh, commonality between uh, you and Gai and all of us, I'm sure, is that we like to put <laughs> others before and take care of and nurture, you know, it, it's kind of been that way, I, and even when I look back on relationships that I've been in, I've kind of always been the nurturer or the kind who likes to take care of another, um, I guess it's kind of what makes us good activists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's what I think. So let's go ahead and uh, move on to uh, Ja. Ja, are you with me? So tell me, tell me, wh- when you're not feeling so positively fearless, what do you do to find the strength to pick yourself back up? And what advice would you give to somebody who is listening who may be not feeling so positively fearless? Well, I'm loving that we're all talking on this subject because I mean, self-care is definitely great. Um, well, first I would tell the person listening on the phone is that it's okay not to be okay sometimes. I mean, we're always like, oh, keep going. It's okay to sit, take a moment, breathe, inhale, you know, have an ugly cry, scream a loud scream. It's okay for those moments because we're human beings. Um, and what I like to do, I definitely like to tap into my support systems because they're there for a reason. And I strongly suggest that everybody have a strong um, or build a strong support system around them. And those are the days where I call and I'm just like, girl, I need to talk to you. I just need to just offload, but not enough because, you know, you always got to be mindful that you're not offloading too much to someone. Um, um, So tapping into my support system. Also, I love to dance. Sometimes I just can't even just – I can't say what I want to say. I just need a good outing, and I just take my problems to the dance floor. There's a song like that. Or I also have, I also love retail therapy. Let me tell you, okay, I would shop online in a heartbeat because pretty new things make me feel great. <laughs> so <laughs> I to my support. <laughs> it's the truth. I love I, love, I can shop for anything, a wig, a lash, a shoe, a, a make, whatever. Yeah, I have to tell you, <laughs> shop, shopping definitely makes me feel better, especially when I do it online. So I order from an online website because it's like you get double the gratification. You get it when you click the checkout button and pay, and you get it again when it shows up in the mail like three days later. So that always makes me feel right. better too. Yes. Um, and, that, and that's all I'm saying, though, too. So I say, you know, it's okay to acknowledge that it's not okay to be okay sometimes. 
tap into your support system because they're there, or find other alternatives like I do, dancing and shopping. So that's what I do. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, awesome. So let's go ahead and move over to the final. Daniel Garza. Hi. Uh, hey, so please tell so, me what, what do you do when you're not – when you're not feeling positive at first, where do you find the strength to pick yourself back up? Okay. So what do I do to regain that energy to keep going? Well, I think for anybody that knows me quite well, it is no surprise that I love a good dinner with tacos. Tacos is no way. It's my comfort food. Yes. I, I know for anybody who knows us, they're rolling their eyes right now going, shock and surprise. But comfort food. First of all, comfort food. There's nothing like going back to my basics and just a, a nice carne asada taco, some hot salsa, and just sitting there and enjoying it. And just and, and taking some time. Meals are very important in my family. So to take that time to sit down and enjoy a meal, have a friend, sometimes even alone, um, but just take that time to just sit down and enjoy a meal. It just gives you that moment of reflection and enjoyment and kind of enjoying life. Um, should there not be a taco around, which is highly <laughs> humble, but, but should there not, um, also something else about me is I'm, I'm a Reiki master, so I, I've been learning and practicing meditation and just uh, being in the quiet and centering myself. So I, I highly recommend meditation moments. And it's not the typical sit down on the floor, ohm moments. It's doing something that takes you out of the present. It's something that takes you out of the, the space that's stretching you out. Like you, like you say, you, you, you like to draw I like to edit videos. I get on my computer and I edit a video and I get so enthralled in what I'm doing that I completely zone out the world. So pick something that you really enjoy, cooking, baking, drawing, walking. I, I know there's people that run for fun. So if you're one of those people, do it. Go out and do, do a good run. Enjoy the sun. Um, because... I know that sometimes at the end of the day, even us fearless five, when we take our capes off, we need a little time to just regain the energy. And But um, as Camaro was saying, we're all givers. And I've learned to do something. I've learned to do something that gives me that high of giving back, but also receiving. I look for friends who are not advocacy friends. I look for friends that I have other things in common with, and I share a conversation. I try to ha have a, a non-shop uh, talk conversation so that I'm still participating, but I'm not talking about work. I'm, uh, or people will come over and we'll watch something completely mindless on TV. And, and, but we're having a conversation, so I still get the edge off of having a give and take, but it's not so intense as the work that we're doing on a regular basis. 
No, that makes sense. You made two good points. One, you said, you know, um, getting up, walking, running, working out, things like that. It kind of bounces off what Jaw was saying of dancing. It's kind of a, it's a workout. You know, just getting up and moving physically your body around kind of gets you out of that headspace. I found that that's something that works for me when I was out playing soccer. Now, if I was in a bad mood, if I went to soccer practice, it always kind of reflected it and, and put it out of sight, you know, out of sight, out of mind, and it allowed me to change my negative to a positive because I was doing something that I enjoyed. So a sport or something. Right. And then you mentioned television, which is a good point as well. Yeah, I, I think TV, social media, yes, there, it has this bad pocket in it, but sometimes we need to get out of the race. Uh, we, you know, we live in a climate right now that it can, things get really intense really quick. Conversations go heavy really quick. So to step back and, um, you know, watch, I don't know, Housewives of a Taco Truck or something, it, it's really it's really good to just disconnect from the world and and, and but I'm with you on the on the app shopping. I love app shopping, especially dollar deals because you don't spend a lot and you get little packages in the mail, and that's awesome. That's that's just Christmas all year round. No, I I totally agree with you. So one of the other topics I kind of we touched on was kind of building a support system, and and. and as a, as, a, as a reflection of our self-care and, and a way to kind of get ourselves maybe out of a funk when we're not feeling so positively fearless. Um, so the next question I, I, I propose to the group is, tell me, um, how did you build your support system or what kind of support system, you know, did you find, um, you know, after your diagnosis to, to help you to deal with it? For me, a lot of it was online that kind of helped me kind of blossom from, being somebody who was scared, you know, growing up little, I was, I was gay. So I was afraid to be that person, you know, and then I had a, a, a drug problem. I was afraid to be that person and admit that. And then HIV came along. I was afraid to admit that. And, you know, all these struggles come, but there was the support system that I built myself around that I built around me that allowed me to, you know, stay clean and not kind of relapse or, or fall into any negative spots. And, you know, I think just being open and honest with people going to a support group. At the time, I was going to um, a 12-step program. So uh, when I was there, I was able to reach out to people there. I think just being somewhere where you're able to share openly uh, really helped open me up. So I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, Ja, tell me, um, you know, how did you build your, your tribe, your, your support group? Um. I can say that it obviously started for me um, when I was in high school. Um, so being being gay, being a black gay man in America, you know, you're already so less valued and you're just trying to find like minds. And in high school, I met one of my best friends and we was going through similar situations. He was gay, I was gay, he was black, I was black. I was like, okay, boom, this makes a perfect fit. Which we didn't like each other in the beginning, but now we're the best of friends. And just finding someone that was able that, you know, Love me unconditionally, accepted me unconditionally was what helped me look into individuals that I was like, okay, you're part of my life for a reason. You're part of my support system. And then, um, which led me to um, finding the positive community. And I was like, oh, once I found the positive community, I was just like, oh, we are all going through the same thing to talk about side effects of your medication, to talk about like doctor visits, to talk about things like that when you're dealing with such a disease, which definitely helped me. And so, 
get into spaces with like minds has helped me find a support system that um that I have still to this day. So first find that unconditional love where you just feel that good vibe with somebody and then finding a community that, you know, walks the same walk as you. That's definitely a good adjective for a support group, unconditional love. Um, Daniel, let's go back to you real quick and uh, tell me about your support group and how you kind of, uh, you know, built that. My support group? Well, first of all, I am the center of my world, so everybody's just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, <laughs> it, 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 uh, the first thing that I had to do was realize that I, I am not just HIV. I'm not just an advocate. There's so many other facets to myself. Uh, like you, I, I, I've been clean and sober now. It'll be 12 years this coming June. And I had to realize that, that that's a circle that I can go to because that affects, that affects my advocacy and the energy that I can put into it. Uh, not staying clean and sober will affect it, obviously. Uh, my family has been very supportive uh, for the last 17 years. With anything that I do, it's always like, you know, Theo, Theo's up to something again. Like uncle's up, um, uncle's going to get into some other problem, or I mean, not, not problem literal, but he's up to something else, something else he's putting his energy into. Um, then I, I became a Reiki master, I, I said that earlier, and that allowed me to tap into a, a, another group of people that had this spirituality essence, this energy work that they were doing. And that allowed me to center myself and ground myself, again, because I need to be grounded to not drink and, and do drugs so that I can go out and do the work that I need to do. Uh, and then I have my just hangout buddies. I have, it took me a while to realize that because I will admit that there is, at least for me, when I first started advocating the first several years, uh, I had this bougie feeling about myself, like, I'm doing very important work. I don't have time to go have lunch with you. And then I realized, get off it. You need, you need friends that will ground you and that will call you out on your BS when it's needed. So stick with those friends. Uh, so right now I have about four or five different circle of friends that I can turn to for different needs, and they know that. They're aware of that. I'm like, you know, this is my spiritual group. This is my sober group. Uh, this is my top mm. Tuesday group. Uh, and, and that's really important uh, to, get, to get centered and grounded and, and remember where I am, and that allows me to remember the work that I am doing in every aspect of my life because I have to remember that I'm not just an HIV advocate. I'm many more things, and in order to have energy for everything, I need to not invest all my energy into I hope that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. You know, uh, this is our HIV tribe, our Positively Fearless tribe, and having different tribes or groups of tribes I think is amazing. And, that, you know, I have a group of soccer uh, tribe uh, that, that I play soccer with, and then I have just my normal friends that I went to school with and work tribe. So having these tribes to – surround you in times when you maybe you're not feeling so positively fearless is, is great. And, and, you know, you're not always going to be around the same people all the time. So to have these kind of like uh, branched out tribes is, is really awesome. So guy, tell me about uh, a little bit about your tribe or, or your um, support group and, and, you know, what, what really, uh, I guess, helps you to reach out to them. 
when you need it. Guy, are you there with me? Because one of my – can you hear me? Sorry. Hello? Okay, just start over again. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I've been blessed to um, – my best friend tested positive the same day that I did. So literally I've had someone as a support um, that I can lean on, that I can call, that I can talk to, that I can cry and vent to every step of the way. And so you guys know me. I collect people with good energy. And so nine times out of ten, if you have great energy, I've collected you. And so I just really try to keep myself surrounded by people that only speak positively into the universe, that have great and good energy, that are empaths, you know, that feel and care about other things outside of themselves. And so I'm, I don't know. I've just been blessed because I'm so forthcoming. I'm so honest. I genuinely don't care about looking crazy or stupid or foolish to my friends and because I think that that's what friendship is, reciprocity. So I'm giving them something, and I got something in return. And I just am so blessed you guys and move throughout the world and collect people that genuinely my soul recognizes their soul, and I and, and I hope that their soul recognizes mine. So, I don't know. I've just been blessed to be really great, great people. Well, you're a great person, guy yourself. You should know that. I'm blushing. Thank so let's go ahead. Let's move that over to uh, Kamaria for the, the last answer, Kamaria. Tell us about your support system and uh, you know how, how you deal with reaching out to them to to find that strength. So. Yeah, um, everybody who knows me knows that I'm, uh, I don't even know how to articulate what you would call it, but I I speak, I guess, through my facial expressions. So, of course, I'm an emoji texter. I speak through emojis and bitmoji and all that jazz. So I have circles of friends that know, like, if they receive a text message from me, I don't have to say any words. Just the image literally speaks exactly to what I'm feeling. And if I can't find that image, then you'll probably get a text that just has a series of exclamation points. <laughs> no need for response. I just need to let you know I'm going through something. But um, aside from that, like, even in the, the advocacy, like, finding, navigating myself to, like, like, this group, like the Fearless Five, and then I have pockets of groups within the whole HIV advocacy world, it all started for me, like, just sitting on conference calls and listening to people drop knowledge. And I'm like, okay, that person somebody I need to reach out to. It may not necessarily be for me, but I know it's information I can take to someone else. And then people start announcing conferences. So then I become this conference nomad, and I start going from conference to conference. And the energy that gets transferred in, like, an HIV, people living in the HIV space is the most mind-blowing thing I've ever experienced. And it's one of those things, like, I've become, I don't like using the word addicted, but I crave it. Like, I miss you guys right now, and I'm ready for, like, mm-hmm. the next time I know we're all going to be together. It's highlighted in my conf- um, in my planner. So, like, having, like Daniel was saying, like, having all these different spaces for support and knowing that in some spaces you don't have to say a word, like Ja was saying, you don't have to communicate anything specific, just everybody gets it. And it's it's really important um, when you're navigating your diagnosis, like with me in the beginning, just feeling all alone and then coming into other people that just get it. I don't have to say anything. Like that's a really powerful 
piece, and I'm really, really grateful for it. And then when I need to, like, step away from the HIV world, I go back to my Bitmoji text messages to people who are not living with HIV, but they just get me because they knew me before the diagnosis. So that's how I, I navigate my, my support. No, that's awesome. You know, I know for somebody who's not an advocate who may be listening, and uh, when I first, uh, you know, started accepting my status, a, a support group, a, a physical going somewhere to a support group at a local ASO was something that really helped me to hear other people in person talk mm-hmm. about it, and it really taught me to open up. Um, is support yeah. group something that you have, have used? Um, <laughs> so it, let's, let's just – I'm going to categorize my experience with support groups as one of those challenges of fear that I've had to, like, look beyond uh, where I live. I know I'm a woman of color, so the first support group I went to, mind you, I was diagnosed in 2003, but I remember the room I walked in, like, it was all men, they were all white, and they were all still angry at Reagan. And I remember sitting there, <laughs> I, was a single, <laughs> I was a single mom, and I also didn't smoke, and everybody there smoked, so they, like, would grab people playing inside the support group and it would go outside and smoke. And so I'm I'm just sitting there watching this and I nobody in here looks like me. And honestly that's how my advocacy was birthed because well, HIV advocacy. Because I was like, I need to find people that look like me that can communicate with me on, on why why is it valid that we're still angry about Reagan? I didn't get that then in two thousand three. Um and now you know now I definitely definitely understand with our political climate. So Support groups have been a personal experience that I've seen are lacking, and I strive to try to make sure, like, we step outside the box of coming into a space that everybody can't access. So having a virtual support, like a phone line that people can um, access weekly um, and know that this is a safe space for them. Or even when I'm facilitating a session on a topic like um, access to care, making sure that any space I go into, I create to be a safe space. So if somebody is just not feeling it that day, that they feel comfortable to pull me to the side and say, this is what I'm looking for. And that's not what's in this room. Can you help me navigate to that, that area? Wow. I didn't know that. See, that a little support group is kind of what lit the flame under you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, you saw a need to be that voice and, and, to, and to do that. That's incredible. And that's you living positively fearless. That's a prime example. So um, with mm-hmm. that, I want to actually thank everybody for joining us today and the audience for tuning in. Um, if you want to take away one thing from today's discussion, whether you are living HIV with HIV or not, you are positively fearless, and we want you to feel inspired to live your best life. Um, I want to thank uh, Ja and Guy and Anthony and Kamaria and everybody at uh, Janssen's Pharmaceuticals and Johnson & Johnson for allowing us to be here today to have this conversation. Um, I'm going to direct everybody, please, if you are uh, interested in learning more about our campaign or finding more out or, or listening to our stories, the stories are amazing, the videos, you have to go check them out. You want to go to PositivelySpeaking.com and follow us on Instagram at PositivelySpeaking. And when you're sharing this or having conversations about this, please don't forget to use the hashtag uh, positively speaking. Again, thanks everybody for tuning in, and I will speak to everybody next week when I return live with uh, Brady and Josh Robbins for our 2018 year-end review show. Thanks for listening to Pause I Am Radio, your dose of hope. Connect with the show at pauseiamradio.com or on social media, and we'll see you next time.